Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show are Mr. Mario and Jordan of Roundhouse Kickboxing down in Atlanta, Georgia. Gentlemen, how are you today? What's going on? Doing well, man. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Excited to have you guys on. Excited to dig into the business side of this. But before we get bogged down in, in tactics and strategies, guys, tell us a little bit about how this whole thing came to be. Why did you want to start a gym? How and when did this come about? Uh, yeah, uh, Mario, I'll kick it off. Um, I know uh, for me specifically, like in the kickboxing space, um, you know, I, I always weight trained um, three or four times a week. And I was having a really hard time finding a cardio um, that I could consistently stick with. Um, I did a little bit of like running on the treadmill, which was really bad for my knees. Um, mm-hmm. I'll oftentimes just get bored, stare at the clock, um, not really be able to like zone out. Um, and so after that, <clears throat> I kind of jumped around to, you know, spin, jumped in some group fitness, and I just came upon uh, kickboxing in New York while I was up in New York Um, and, you know, really fell in love with it. And, you know, it was one of the only forms of cardio that I could consistently do um, that the time flew by. I looked forward to it and it also um, helped me lose a ton of weight and lean out. So, um, so yeah, so when I when I relocated to Atlanta because of COVID, me and Mario oftentimes like ran into each other at the gym, uh, wanted to do business with each other um, in, in a different space. It was primarily we we're looking to do business in the logistics space, and um, you know I told him about kickboxing, and you know I asked him you know if he was interested in sampling some classes, and so that was really like the foundation of our interest in the space. And then it just kind of blossomed from there. And I'll let Mario kind of chime in from there. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, the roots uh, or the foundation of kind of the idea. Yeah. Uh, and really what made us kind of, I guess, put it into to full drive was understanding the gap in the market. There's really right. nothing down here in, in the city where uh, offers kickboxing. There's boxing, there's Muay Thai, there's just different specializations, but centered around group training, uh, on the east side of Atlanta, uh, in a bustling market, there was nothing like that. So naturally being home for us on the east side, uh, we wanted to give back to the community and felt that was the best, best way to kind of do that. Yeah. I think naturally when people open businesses, the, the majority of the time they're opening businesses that they themselves would want to be a customer of Jordan, you talk about looking for some source of of fitness more on the cardio side of things that would be not just effective, but enjoyable and entertaining. I think that gets lost a lot when we talk about fitness is that it should be fun at some point. People shouldn't hate it so much. And so you guys, when we put together Roundhouse Kickboxing, kept that in mind. Mario, tell us a little bit about kind of the services, how is this delivered? What is what is the product that we're actually here talking about within Roundhouse? Definitely, I think the, the key thing to kind of start on is Jordan and I are not putting out products that we think people will like. We really solicit the feedback 
and try to cultivate a program based upon the community which we're trying to be a part of. Uh, so our, our main kind of bread and butter are our group training classes. Okay. Uh, you know, we got a custom rig. It's designed in mind to have clear sight lines to the, to the instructor and while giving space to kind of do the movements. Uh, from there, opening up, we realized that there was a huge population of schools in the neighborhood and tons of like apartment buildings being built, neighborhoods kind of nestled in. Uh, and that spurred up our kids and teens program, which has really blossomed and taken uh, a good interest in the neighborhood. Uh, from there, also, we wanted to make sure that for those that were uh, preferring a more solo experience uh, and wanted to kind of have more focused uh, time for their goals, we spun up the personal training programs. And like Jordan mentioned in the beginning, uh, just with our own issues with, with fluctuating weight, uh, the main issue for that is not going to the gym, it's just what we eat. So we developed our nutrition program to really uh, identify what those triggers are that makes us make the choices that we do and make sure that we continue to make the right choices, especially when we start to see the changes in ourselves that we want to. I got you. Okay. So really a, a, a multiple tier offering here, but the meat and potatoes down at the bottom of the pyramid being kind of the group fitness model. Right. But some things that you mentioned on top of that, we've got a kids and teens program mm -hmm. to really build the, the future generations of potentially our membership, but society in general, as well as nutrition coaching and some one-on-one -on -one personal training, if I understand correctly. And so for you guys, with group training being the main offering, the, the mainstay of not just of Roundhouse, but of the revenue that you guys generate, tell us a little bit about the pricing that goes into that. Pricing in our industry is all over the place it can go i mean you guys know there's there's ten dollar a month options and you know what comes with that and there are hundreds and thousands of dollar a month options where do you guys kind of fit on that sliding scale um i know specifically in regards to pricing um i think you have you know pretty much like two severities right like you say you have the ten dollar a month options and then if you're constantly doing pt um, in Atlanta, your average session is going to be anywhere from, you know, 65 to up to, you know, in the hundreds uh, per hour. So we fall right in the middle of that being group fitness where it's we keep an intimate feel, but it's not as severe as PT or not as great as PT or private. Um, so our baseline membership for unlimited classes starts at one hundred and fifty dollars. Um, and we're really targeting someone that's going to come into the gym um, and take advantage of that 10 plus times a month. Um, that's where we really feel like that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then we do have, you know, supplementary prices, you know, to, to allow members that, you know, were similar to myself where, you know, I did weight training and then I would come and do kickboxing, you know, two or three times a week. So we do offer, you know, pricing structures that, you know, we have people that come in all the time. Like, you know, I do Pilates, I do yoga, I do spin. Oh, yeah. And um, we, I want to blend kickboxing into my regimen. So we offer eight classes a month for 120. And then we also have a package as low as four classes a month for 65. So we, we tailored those to really like allow people to, to carve out their own, you know, special lane to get to official fitness goals. Yeah. And so a couple of different price points within that model. Anyway, mm -hmm. you mentioned 150 unlimited, 120 for twice a week, really, and, and 65 once a week. 
why did we pick those price points? And, and I mean, let's just use kind of the unlimited because that's easier enough to, mm-hmm. to compare to other people within the industry. Why 150? Why not more? Why not less? Um, I, I think it started with market research. Um, you know, one of the big things me and Mario did, uh, we went in probably, you know, every competitor and non-competitor in the space, um, you know, that focused on group fitness. And, you know, we saw that range from about 125 up to as high as 189. Um, and then, you know, we went into our own personal sub-market in East Atlanta and, you know, dug deeper to where we felt, you know, what was a comfortable number that made sense for us. Um, and we felt like our customer could absorb. Yep. And when I say it makes sense for us, um, we, we looked at it from a model of if, how could we have success and profitability of 150 members what was, you know, our cost of doing business, you know, and the thoughts of like, what are our fixed costs every month? Um, whatever, what are our variable costs every month? And in order to achieve profitability that we want to see on an annual basis, we reverse engineered to $150 being like a comfortable price point to get us okay. success. Yeah. And so for you guys going forward, we did the math based on 150 members at $150. Mm-hmm. Which one of those, I guess, which one of those are we looking to increase, right? I assume growth is the goal at some point and making more money. Can we handle more members than 150 or is that the cap for you guys? No, I mean, that, like I said, that number was what, what we see is like, you know, very achievable. Um, uh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that was, that was our baseline number. Um, but we do look to more of a strategy and I'll, and I'll definitely have Mario chime in on this, but, you know, maximizing our price per member. Right. So, um, you know, in our research, we saw some gyms can have of our size up to 700 members. Um, that's not really, I would say our primary goal, cause we want to, you know, remain very intimate. Um, we want to contact our clients on a regular basis, do their goal tracking. Yeah. Um, well, especially even with the landscape of the last 18 months too. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we, I would say our capacity, you know, based on, you know, how much our customer comes is about 400, uh, members, you know, our target is, is to fall right into that 300, 350 members range and, and get an average price, uh, price per month of about two, two fifty per member. Okay. And so we'll certainly explore kind of the, the two-prong approach that you just mentioned, right? We do have room for growth on the membership standpoint, but increasing that revenue per member is also a metric and, and target that we want to keep in the back of our minds. Talk us through kind of the marketing that goes into growing membership overall. How have you guys found success in bringing in new leads and, and eventually new members? Yeah, I'll take a stab at that real quick, Jordan. Uh, I think there's it's not one clear-cut way for us to gain market share. Uh, so some of the things that we've been doing recently, we obviously run ads and, and take advantage of uh, social media outlets. Uh, we also really engage with our members as well to figure out how do they find out about us and really tap into that second, third degree of relationships and figure out who they would like to recommend to the gym who else they would want to have experienced the positive sentiments that they've shared with us. Uh, and the, one of the most recent ones we've done is really tap into uh, local influencers to help drive experience uh, with their communities that they have. So uh, sharing, uh, obviously algorithms on, on social media, all those things are important, but 
at the core of what we're trying to do is, is, is really bring forth a genuine experience where uh, if you look at some of our feedback, uh, people know that we genuinely care about them uh, and want them to achieve their goals. So we're not really upselling anyone, we're really trying to fine tune what is it gonna take for them to achieve the things that they want and then hold them accountable and recommend offerings to get them to them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. a, a really important point, even before we go any further is like, you could have the best marketing in the world, but if your product sucks, like people are going to know, people mm -hmm. are going to see it. And so I, I appreciate the fact that you talked on a couple of different strategies with, of course, we're on social media and, and using the advertising side. Referrals are a huge piece for us and who can we get in front of that we already have as our customer base. And then lastly, a fairly new strategy with the influencer route. Jordan, talk us through kind of where you see marketing success as you guys move forward. Are you guys going to stick with these same strategies? Are you looking into anything else in the future? Uh, yeah, um, you know, I would say it's, it's, it's a blend of both, right? Like, you know, Mario touched on like our foundation, you know, which has been huge for, for us. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, a, another big element is, you know, just our location and, and corner market and what's been on the building, like our signage, yeah. um, making that really big and visible. Uh, we, we invested a lot um, uh, on our signage around the property. To, to get eyeballs from people passing by. But yeah, I would say like, you know, going forward where, where I see opportunity is definitely um, also in the corporate space, like me and Mario are looking to tap into a lot of businesses cross, you know, cross uh, promotions uh, where we advertise a lot of our neighboring businesses. We go in, we try their products, we post them on our social media and exchange, you know, they do the same as well as like, you know, allowing them an outlet to bring their employees um, during some of our dead hours to do you know, almost like a little mini boot camp. Um, yeah. you know, stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's our next step um, in regards to just like, you know, business, the business marketing opportunities, as well as, you know, staying on those foundations of uh, social media um, extension of our current members and, you know, using social media influences as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, going that corporate route is certainly an interesting conversation to have and, and sort of plays into what we were talking about earlier with increasing that average revenue per member with the dead hours that you're talking about. Typically, businesses in this sort of space will try to fill that with personal training clients or nutrition clients, even to your point, maybe it's a, a corporate partnership sort of team building, boot camp, whatever you want to put the title as. And, and using that to fill some of those non-traditional busy hours. Mm -hmm. Talk us through kind of how you guys are able to move the needle on that metric in the first place, that average revenue per member. How have you guys been able to introduce the idea of buying into higher level services? Mm -hmm. Mario, you mentioned we're not going out of our way to upsell people, but we do have higher tier services. So how are you sort of encouraging people that would benefit from those to take advantage? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the core of that is what I would say first is, is our relationship. Uh, some of the feedback that we've gotten from our members is that they enjoy the fact that Jordan and I as owners of the gym are very present. We take the mm -hmm. classes with, with the members and we're really invested 360 in terms of like what the, the potential of this gym can be. Uh, 
Right. So when we reach out and we do these uh, with our own time, right? We don't use the staff to do it. So we reach out to the members and solicit mm-hmm. feedback and figure out ways that they're not optimizing the services that we have, what's working, what's not. And what we found out is that um, a large number of the of our members want additive services. They want to be able to turn right. or they're not familiar with proper posture and positioning to lift weights. So, you know, taking advantage of some personal training or they have their favorite instructors and enjoy some one-on-one time. So based upon those conversations and the time that we invested, we developed these hybrid packages that would accommodate uh, the price point of, of our community that we're serving. And then also um, delivering on the promises that we make and which justifies the increase in price. So in hopes that, you know, with the, I think our goal is, you know, a percentage of our population to have those hybrid packages, obviously to, to offset those that are not taking unlimited classes before the APAC. But I know Jordan can kind of expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I just I just wanted to chime in a little bit on that. Like, I, I think like uh, it's important to say that like me and Mario dedicated ourselves even before we opened this gym to to do in the first 60 days at least um, for every member that joins a check-in. And, you know, with us being present, like you said, like we already have an intimate relationship, so it doesn't feel salesy. It feels like just another conversation with us. Um, it's, it's just 15, 20 minute calls. And just in those calls, you know, during that feedback session, it just organically comes up um, what a customer wants or interested in. So like, you know, that's how we discovered that some people want self-defense. That's how we discovered some people want to do sparring. That's how we discovered, you know, some people want restorative yoga and it just, you know, naturally and organically comes out. Like, you know, I love to like try PT and work on my boxing technique or shrimp train or, um, you know, any of those things. And I think that's, what's been big for us is not guessing or being pushy or, or being too salesy. It's just like, in a natural check-in conversation with our membership, um, we just kind of, you know, reveal those opportunities organically in the conversation. And then, you know, we take it from there and get them an introduction to the things that they're actually interested in. So, you know, it's not us coming to somebody like, hey, you should try PT. It's like, hey, I would love to try PT. And then, you know, we take it from there. I think that's a really important point. And sales in our industry gets a horrible rap because Mm -hmm. of that sort of used car approach of of pushing it on people you guys take the opposite approach of like we have all of these products and services available within our arsenal Mm. let me just have a genuine conversation with this person and see what they want and how i can help them and then almost in in a doctor sort of way prescribe and say hey this would be really great for you let's give it a shot absolutely that's i mean that's still sales. Of course, that's still sales, but it just has a much more, a much different connotation to it and speaks to the best interest of the client more so than the best interest of how can we temporarily boost our top line. Mm-hmm. For you guys, we mentioned, of course, looking to increase more members. Obviously, this is a business at the end of the day. Nobody has 100% retention. And so bringing in new customers at all times is imperative for a business. But this other focus of increasing average revenue per member for you guys moving forward, are we focusing on one more than the other? Or are they both sort of taking front of mind? I'll go first. I would say they're, they're both equally important. 
Um, and, and the reason for that, I think, is to kind of anchor ourselves. You know, Jordan talked about reverse engineering, what we need uh, or what is the goal per member uh, in terms of revenue. Uh, but we also want to make sure not to lose ourselves. And the reason why we open this gym is to help people. So if helping someone is four times a week, which is a $65 price point, that's what we want to do. Yeah. Uh, and we believe, and we have a high conversion rate of those members really enjoying it and then boosting you know, to the next tier, right? So we want to be authentic with that. Uh, and I think that's the kind of the core of kind of how we operate. And in terms of the price point, just naturally, I think we have a really great product. Uh, and really, really invested a lot of money and, and time into that. Uh, and people feel like uh, it, it's worth it, right? So we don't want to undervalue ourselves either. Yeah, of course. That certainly makes the sales process easier too in your own conviction in the product. You genuinely believe this is worth X amount of dollars to people and it's probably worth more than the amount that you're charging at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so for you guys, I mean, we've talked about how this business came to be. We've talked about the business as it stands now. Take us into the future, right? Put us in your time machine. What is your plan for this business? How big do you guys want to take it? Um, I think I'll speak for both of us. We want to make history. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, um, you know, we, we look at, you know, some of the biggest players in the space, right? Um, you know, whether it's like, you know, Orange Theory or just even in, um, you know, the boxing space, you know, a company I've seen growing a lot, Rock, Rock Box in my local community or, or Rumble in the Northeast. You know, we both live in New York, lived out in New York yep. once upon a time. Um, my goal is to, and our goal is to help as many people as possible and to bring this, you know, refreshing concept, you know, all over Atlanta and then expansion, expansion outside of Atlanta. So, um, that's that's the big thing uh is helping you know like i said as many people you know get into more spaces uh, and definitely growing the business uh, we definitely want to open you know additional locations this year but i'll, I'll let mario chime in too yeah obviously the, the the plan is to grow and to become a major player and at the core of that is helping people and we need additional locations to do that uh, but we're not rushing that either. Like this first location we picked very specifically, not just due to, you know, the, the GPS location, but more so for us to test out uh, these different offerings that we have with a smaller community to be able to scale efficiently. So we're not just rolling things out yeah. across multiple locations with no idea if it's going to work. We want to have our, our wins and, and take some of those L's you know, and, you know, in this kind of, uh, you know, one store market before we kind of expand. So yeah. it's about learning. We've been open for four months now. And yeah. uh, at the end of the day, you say we're not going to rush anything. We've been open for four months and we're, yeah. we're at the position that we're in. So yeah. I, I think that's important. Of course, we have these big dreams and goals, but sort of to recognize the significance of what happened in the time span that it did too. Mm -hmm. I, I would say too, um, I, I definitely want to touch on the test kitchen because, uh, you know, me and Mario have had a huge opportunity um, just within our group fitness to, to test a lot of different strategies. Uh, I think one thing we didn't get a chance to talk about is every two to three weeks, me and Mario work with our head trainer to almost completely um, redo the group fitness aspect of the class. Like, you know, it started out with us, um, how the classes are made up, the 25 
to 30 minutes of cardio-based hit kickboxing, but we also have a shrimp training element of it. And how we do that shrimp training literally switches up like from, you know, whether we do weight circuits, um, dumbbell, TRX bands, um, uh, what is it, Versa bands. Uh, but we, we are, we every few weeks completely switch up the concept. Like we lately just tried a boxing circuit where it was 18 different stations with 18 different combinations. Um, and allow people to work around the gym and not just stand on one bag. So, um, you know, that test kitchen thing is, is really big for us just in helping us continue to find a refreshing identity. You know, I think Orange Theory took it to the next level, you know, with the competitive aspect of like, you know, the, the heart rate monitor and tracking and yep, wanting yep. to beat yourself and beat other people in class. And, I, you know, I think a big thing for us is, is taking it to another level in regards to people getting bored. <laughs> And feel That's like a good they're, point. they're seeing the same thing over and over and over again. And I think, you know, it's big for me and Mario, like to, to put what we like in a sense in the gym of like, we want to change things up. We want to switch it up. We want you to be completely like surprised when you come in gym, like dang, this class was uh, 180 degree, like in the other direction changed in the last time we walked in the gym and people responded really well to that. So yeah. well, um, that's, that's really what fueled, CrossFit's growth. Every mm -hmm. time you walk in, you're doing something different. Mm -hmm. It keeps it, it fresh and, and exciting and, and really speaks to the first thing that we even touched on was that fitness should have some element of enjoyment and, right. and we shouldn't hate going to the gym. And so you guys have really kind of niched yourself into that sort of market. Guys, that's probably a pretty good place to to start to wrap this whole thing up. But I want to give you the chance. Where can people find out a little bit more about Roundhouse online? Yeah, so we have our uh, we have an app, Roundhouse Kickboxing. Uh, what's our classes, our offerings, our instructors? We obviously have our website, roundhousekb.com. We're on all of the social media handles, Roundhouse Kickboxing. Um, and, you know, we love to network and connect with the uh, other owners for questions and just kind of share those practices as well. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure kind of hosting this conversation and, and getting your mindset and skill set when it comes to running a business. I'm excited to see what the future of this holds and, and hope to see it one day make history to your point. And so, guys, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your time. And, and I wish you nothing but the best going forward. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course. And so to everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Kenny from Pride Boxing and Fitness in North Carolina. What's up, Kenny? How are you today? How are you? How are you? 
doing well. Excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. All right, let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to open your own gym? Uh, so for me, it was actually by default, to be honest with you, Bree. I, I uh, for, for, for years, um, you know, my, my background is mainly mortgages. I, I did some real estate investing for a while. Um, truth be told, I was miserable doing it. Um, son, when he was younger, you know, boxing was a thing that I did, you know, from the age about of eight to, you know, shortly after I finished college. Uh, but uh, once I finished, I thought I was done, had a son. Um, the story is, honestly, I would go into the barbershop every day and there was a barber in the shop that saw me, you know, kind of work with my son every now and then. And for like three or four years, this guy begged me to train him. I mean, um, every single Saturday in the gym, I mean, in the barbershop, he would beg me to train him. Um, Long story short, a uh, couple of years go by, uh, his nephew, he, he adopts his nephew, and he's like, listen, I, man, I'm going to need your help with this kid. Man. He's a little rough around the edges. I think boxing would, uh, would help him. So one day after work, I decided to go and, and hang out with him and his nephew, uh, spent an hour with him, and he gave me 40 bucks for doing it. So after that, the wheels, the wheels just kind of started right. turn, yeah. turning just a little bit. And, uh, you know, long story short, um, for me, I, I ended up, uh, you know, quit my full-time job going, you know, pulled out a 401k, uh, lost that, trying to figure it all out. Mm -hmm. uh, now, here we are eight years later, um, doing, doing really well for myself at the moment. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. So it just kind of happened organically. It's it like it, it was did. meant to be. Yeah, it's that's it. What you were meant to do. Exactly. That's fantastic. That's yep. That's awesome. It. Mm -hmm. All right. So now within your business, how are you structuring things? Are you doing group classes, one on ones? Um, and then what type of services do you offer as well? Yeah, so uh, my business, so I have three businesses actually within one, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I have a, a kid's business, I have a, a general fitness business, and I also have a competitive boxing business. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, uh, and you and I kind of talked, spoke briefly earlier, the, the meat mm -hmm. of what I, I do, I guess where the, the money is generated is primarily with my uh, general fitness group right. and kids actually so general fitness kind of carries what we do mm -hmm. kids supplement that and obviously you know my competitive group keeps me busy I spend money with those guys and girls so yeah yep so that that's how everything is set up for now I do do some personal training um mm -hmm. really honestly for me from a time standpoint um you know I, I don't do a whole lot of it I do have trainers right. who do uh, but for the most part, those are the three legs uh, 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 of what we do. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, the general fitness typically does, you know, that's kind of like the bread and butter of the business. That's what kind of keeps the doors open. And then the other things are supplemental, but a lot of times, uh, you know, I'm sure that you like training the competitive athletes that you have. That's something that's probably enjoyable to you. Um, mm -hmm. 
but as far as the business goes, isn't a huge contributor to the overall revenue. Right. Typically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Okay. It supplements. It supplements. Right. Exactly. Supplements. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So overall, across those three different services that you offer, how many members are you currently serving? Right. Yeah. So right now we're at about, we, we're right about uh, 123 or so. Um, okay. Uh, with uh, specifically, so I think we, we, right now we're at about uh, 75 general fitness. Mm -hmm. uh, and these are numbers I'm just kind of throwing right off the top of my head right now. Um, we're probably about 30 kids or so. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is what I would consider to be uh, competitive. Uh, okay. Part of my, my competitive group. Uh, yeah. My group, competitive group is a group that actually competes. You know, I have, I have three pros and I have about 11, 10, 11 amateur fighters as well. Awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. So as far as kind of getting yourself out there and acquiring new clients, yeah. how do you go about doing that? Because you have three different services that you're offering toward targeted toward three very different types of people are very, or they're at different stages and then yeah. also, you know, different, different types of people. So how yeah. do you get yeah. people in the door? Yeah. So that, that's a really, actually, that's a really good question. So uh, for us as a team, uh, you know, the bulk of the marketing or what we do goes towards the general fitness group. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, you know, for the most part, kids aren't necessarily a hard, you know, in this area, in this arena, um, boxing anyway, uh, you know, kids, I, you know, and in the past, I've, I've been to middle school, elementary schools, um, you know, I, I work with uh, diversion programs. Uh, actually, right now, I have a, a, a relationship with the police department in the city that I'm in. So mm -hmm. those kids, basically, you know, kids, fighters uh, kind of come and go as they please, you know, right. um, it's not hard to get my uh, general fitness group is the group that we spend most of our time and money actually marketing towards. And, um, right. And that has been, you know, throughout the years, you know, we kind of shifted the, you know, we, we, we started, I started initially, um, you know, kind of going after a group or, or I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say going after, but uh, I kind of attracted the, that uh, uh, motivate and educate group that was is what I like to call them groups that come mm -hmm. in uh, where you know you got to educate them on why it's important for them to work out you got to mm -hmm. motivate them to stay in the gym so it's right. you know, a, a, a hard group to kind of keep in the gym um, yeah for the last you know, two or three years or so, we really spent a lot of time and energy going after people who um, are, you know, they're already fit. They love to work out already. They're just bored. We're going into the gym, running yeah. on a treadmill and lifting weights. They, they, you know, boxing is a cool way to you know, get a total body workout in. It's a cool way to learn some self-defense and it's different. Mm -hmm. you know, so the bulk of the marketing that we spend goes towards that type of client. Yeah, absolutely. Completely makes sense. Yeah. So 
Are you doing paid advertising through Facebook, Google, Instagram, things of that nature? Is that what you're referring to as far as like your marketing budget goes? That's it. Yeah, that that's primarily now, you know, uh, in the past, you know, we've done mailers and we've done all of that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, ROI really, really comes in, you know, comes in high off of the, uh, all the digital stuff that we do yes. now. So the, yeah, the, absolutely. hundred mm percent. -hmm. So how many new members would you say on average you're getting per month right now with the mm -hmm. way that you're advertising? Yeah. So, uh, it's fun, you know, truthfully, truthfully, you know, we, we've, we have, we've had a dip, uh, mm -hmm. recently, um, you know, I, I think, you know, weather change, um, you know, COVID numbers went up a little bit, you know, so mm -hmm. we kind of attributed into some of that. Uh, but prior to this last month, we were averaging, we were averaging, we actually, we kind of flatlined a little bit, if I'm true. Okay. Like you, we, we reopened in, in March. So March was our reopen date. We have, we've had to close, well, we've closed twice uh, due to COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we, March was an official reopen date. We're not closing again. Uh, we started, uh, I think we got back, mm, we got back, I think it was about 34, 35 members. So it was tough, you know, it was tough. Um, I think a month later we had 50 and then from there, um, you know, we know October, we dipped a little bit to about one, 120 or so. So mm -hmm. we've had, and when you, so to answer the question, the last has kind of been an explosion for us because we, we just kind of got the balls rolling again. Right. Back in March. So yeah. <clears throat> starting in January, you know, we're going to go through our normal projections, all of mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and kind of numbers won't be as inflated, I guess. Right. Way to say it, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, so over the next six months to a year or so, is there anything specific that you're really focused on within the business? Uh, yeah. So for, for us again, that, that, uh, you know, going after the type of, uh, of a member that we want, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think, um, you know, like I, I, I said before, um, you know, there's a certain type uh, client, even for uh, for me, honestly, from a, a price stand pricing standpoint, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, there is um, there's a certain amount of money that I want to make, you know. So uh, we we are really, uh, you know, looking looking to a certain type client that we want to get. We're looking for those uh, at home moms. There's some things that we have uh, that we kind of putting in store uh, for uh, specifically for uh, business owners. You know, mm -hmm. in, in order to be able to make money, you have to be healthy, you know, right. so, you know what I mean? So wealth is nothing without your health. So, um, you know, there's some things that we're, 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 we're kind of putting together uh, mm -hmm. from a strategic standpoint to try to go after uh, that, that clientele a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So are you planning on offering like specific programs targeted toward yeah. those people? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So we, we're, um, yep. So we, you know, we have, uh, we have an idea of, um, you know, it's not, I won't say fight club, right? So uh, <laughs> what we're, we're, we're looking at doing though is, again, we, we want to target, um, 
business owners and this we're going to make it uh i as a business owner to be honest with you is i'm it's stressful you and i kind of talked about yes you know the stress of keeping the doors open and mm -hmm. for me you know boxing has become and fitness you know it's just part of what i do but i know for a lot of i do train and i have some business owners there who mm -hmm. it's a uh, when they get to the gym it's a breath of fresh air so right. we, we plan on doing the, the idea is uh you know we're going to do a fight camp form you know it's going to be we're going to point them through like a, a real fight camp we're, we're going to target at least 20 business owners where we're going to take them from uh the beginning of camp all the way through the end of camp and at the mm -hmm. end of uh, of uh, you know them working, we're gonna let you have a big sparring session. We're gonna make it big. It was fight some sponsors out, that kind of thing. So that okay. that's what we're we're you know I just let the cat out the bag. We're gonna do that in the <laughs> Um, you know we're looking for some cool names and some cool angles to kind of um you know come up with the market that and make that definitely. Thing. That's awesome. So is that something that you're planning on rolling out before the new year or or for the new year? Yeah, this is new year stuff. Yeah. So this new is year stuff. This yeah. Is, yeah. This is going in a good timing for that. Yeah. yeah. Going awesome. In Very cool. Okay. So one thing that I always love to ask every single gym owner that I speak with is if you could snap your fingers and improve <laughs> one thing within your business right now, today, what would that be and why? Oh, that's that. Um, one thing. Ah. <laughs> um. If I could snap and change one thing, that is, that's a, that's a, uh, it's a tough question. Things. I know. <laughs> no, no, there, there's, there's, I, I, well, for me personally, it, you know, and, you know, with my business structure, to be honest, um, you know, so my, my competitive group is a group that, that, uh, you know, where I, I, you know, when I look at, I spend money. So, um, mm -hmm. like I said, said earlier, you know, that, that group, I travel, I have some kids that are, um, I call them kids, they're older, but that are um, signed with some bigger promoters. So I do a lot of traveling, you know, mm -hmm. so for me, honestly, I'm, 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 I can't wait until, you know, this part phase out and I can full-time, be a full-time business owner. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right now being coach and business owner is, is, is tough, you know, yeah. so I'm looking forward to the day where, uh, I can kind of sit back and just be business owner because the plans are that we want to, we want to open another one. We want to uh, eventually if, if proof of concept works, you know, we want right. to look at the possibility of maybe even franchising what we do. So mm -hmm. um, once I get rid of this competitive group, these guys get old and, and do whatever it is they do. I can focus a lot more time on that. Yeah, absolutely. It becomes a lot, you know, even, like you said, you have kind of three different services that you offer and you're kind of spreading yourself thin if you're doing everything, you know, Absolutely. and it doesn't really allow you to specifically focus on one aspect or the other. It's like you're doing everything. And sometimes that can get to be a lot. Yes. So I can completely understand why, uh, you know, that would be something that you would like to just focus on one thing and get really, really good at it. And, you know, offer the best service there and just really kind of nail things down as far as your, 
your structure goes and your process goes. And then, like you said, maybe eventually expand and open more locations. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So if and I'm sure you've learned a lot over the over the years of owning your own gym. So if you could provide a piece of advice for somebody who is considering opening their own facility, what would that be? Um, uh, I mean, the, part of the obvious, which is, um, you know, which again, like I said, I kind of fell into this. Mm-hmm. Um, planning is definitely uh, important. Yeah. I, I think uh, for me, um, you know, I had an idea of, uh, you know, what I wanted to do, like I kind of alluded to with, with the, one of the things I could change, there's a huge difference between being really good at mm-hmm. being a trainer or a coach and being really good at being a business owner, right? right. So there's two totally, there's two totally different worlds. And early yeah. on for me, early on for me, you know, I was, a, I'm a really good coach and trainer and mm-hmm. that didn't necessarily transfer over to being a really good business owner. So I had to learn yes. how to be a business owner, numbers, uh, yes. projections, goals, planning, you know. So mm-hmm. I kind of started backwards, you know. So yes. if I were talking Most to Most gym owners do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if I'm talking to somebody coming in, you know, I, you know, you got to. You, you, you know, you got to be focused on the business side of this thing first, mm-hmm. you know, that's number one. And then number two, obviously this is, man, this is a tough business to be in. My first, yeah. my first, uh, uh, group was my family, it was my wife, my son and my daughter who were five and, and eight at the time, I think, you know, yep. so, and it was years of, of, you know, people coming and going and, you mm-hmm. know, and taking it personal is it me when I think you know so right. I had to have thick skin you know I had to uh, uh persevere mm-hmm. uh, man uber I was ubering and yeah mm-hmm. you know what I mean doing whatever I can just to you know for me I have a I had a family at the time just to provide mm-hmm. and try to keep the doors open so you know knowing yeah, I mean first number one obviously is planning and number two making sure you you're you got thick skin and you're in this thing to win it because it's not going to be easy right absolutely yeah really really good valuable pieces of advice there so yeah I mean most people coming into the fitness industry uh you know owning their own facility for the first time everybody always thinks of just the training side, you know, it's like, well, I'm a good trainer. I have a good client base. Like, okay, like let's, let's do this on my own. Let's open my own facility. But a lot of times people don't think about that business side of things and they don't know how to run a business. Like you said, you were a great trainer, but that doesn't necessarily translate into running a business, you know? So being open-minded, being willing to learn, I think is very, very important. And, you know, not having that closed mindset and thinking that, you know, everything because that will get in your way more than anything else. And there are so many aspects to owning a gym, running a gym. There are so many different things that you have to learn. You know, it's very um, multifaceted, 
You know, you have to be uh, willing to adapt and grow and constantly learn and just, you know, keep in mind that you just, you don't know everything I think is huge. So yeah, absolutely. Definitely really great pieces of advice there for sure. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, so uh, there's a couple of different places. So we right now, uh, Instagram is our go-to. Um, you go, uh, you want to kind of keep up with us. We're actually in a revamp. So so I'll say that now. We, we're revamping the uh, Instagram page as we speak. But if you want to see us and know where we are, we're at Pride Box Fit on Instagram. Um, my personal page, you know, I like to put that out there as well. I, I mm-hmm. post a lot of the a lot of the fun stuff, I'll say it that way, uh, <laughs> on my page, then that is at kpress, at underscore kpress42. Okay, perfect. Alrighty, so Kenny from Pride Boxing and Fitness in North Carolina, thank you so much for joining us today. It Absolutely. has been great having you on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Of Bri. course. Absolutely. Alrighty. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Iron Society Strength and Fitness in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Lonnie Whitlock. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Dominic. How are you? I, I'm doing great. I'm pumped to do this podcast, hear all about you, what you got going on. Our little pre-podcast interview has me all all, uh, all, all ready to rock and roll. So let's just give it to me. What's Iron Society all about? Um, Iron Society Strength and Fitness was a gym uh, my wife and I essentially bought. So there was, uh, we're located in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is uh, nor- uh, northern Indiana. Um, and there used to be a couple of gyms here in town called Max Fitness. They went bankrupt. And uh, so we purchased those locations back uh, October 1st of 2019. And since then we have spent um, a considerable amount of time and money uh, renovating them, adding equipment, um, doing a lot of the things uh, that corporate gyms, big box gyms just don't do. They set up their gyms, 
they basically just let them run. So what we wanted to do was create, um, and it's funny because we talked about this uh, in our uh, pre-podcast interview. Um, we actually wanted to create, my wife and I, uh, a, a cool gym that we wanted to work out in. Um, my wife's a competitive bodybuilder, so am I. And uh, it's in our town, um, the, the gyms that were here just didn't really live up to what we were looking for. And when this opportunity came along, we pretty much jumped on it. Um, it was it was a long road getting here, but uh, but now we have two locations. Um, we have thirty seven thousand square feet under roof. Um, we have um, just shy of four thousand members, um, and we also do add ons and things like that. So you know that true number is probably a little higher than that. Um, but, uh, we typically do about 500 workouts a day per location. Um, we see, we see a lot of people and, you know, one of the nice things about seeing that many people is we get an, an opportunity to talk to these people and kind of get their pulse on, you know, what are they looking for? You know, what are they really interested in when they come into a fitness space? Um, you know, there's a lot of competition out there. You know, there's a lot of different, uh, different types of gyms and different concepts, um, and, and one of the things that we found is people want everything. And so what we've been able to do is create is create a space where that may actually be possible. So we can have our functional fitness space. We can have our uh, our athletic training center space. We can have our big box gym space. We can have our classroom space. We can even have our outdoor space. We uh, one of our locations has an outdoor gym uh, that's attached to it. Um, yes, we have an outdoor gym in northern Indiana, which is probably not the best idea. But, you know, for six months out of the year, it works out pretty good. Um, so we tried to cram absolutely as much as we possibly could into this one location um, because we wanted to test these theories. And so far, uh, we found that they are extremely well received excuse me. And people really, really do enjoy, uh, coming to our spaces. Um, you know, we, we are not the cheapest gym in town. Um, we make absolutely no excuses for that. Um, we, we price ourselves in our market, um, fair, uh, but definitely not the cheapest, you know, well, I mean, everybody knows that planet fitness is the cheapest ever. So, but we're, we're not them. We never will be. And that's fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so for our space, it works out great. And we've been able to start to move that into our second location. And now we're planning a third location where we've partnered, uh, with a group, um, called the Auburn sports group out of Auburn, Indiana. And we're actually going to be putting a new 30,000 square foot facility up there. So this will be our biggest facility we've ever built. Um, and it will house, um, actually, all four of our different types of gyms all under one roof. Dude, you are, you've done a lot in a short period of time. <laughs> and, you know, for our listeners who, who may not have heard, there has been like a little flu thing that happened shortly after you took over. So <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't hear you boohooing or woe is me or, you know, <laughs> this, this is the worst thing that I ever could have done. Um, but somewhere in there, the pandemic happened yeah, and you're still here, right? Still kicking ass yeah. and taking names. So yeah. I got to ask, um, you know, was it a major hiccup for you? Uh, were there any big, you know, pivots or ideas or anything that came out of that for you to 
get you here on the other side, you know, looking at, you know, not just licking your wounds from it, but hey, how do I keep pushing forward, help more people grow this thing? Yeah, so, um, I mean, everybody knows that, you know, the pandemic happened, that's not, that's not a secret. Um, so we, like I said, bought, um, we took ownership October 1st of 2019, uh, five months later, we had just turned our first $300 profit. Um, and then they closed us, um, mandatory shutdown across the whole state. Um, we were a non-essential business and, uh, that led, that led me to a very high stress situation. Um, because in order to purchase these, uh, my, uh, my wife and I both, um, I'm 47, she's 46 and uh, we cashed in our 401ks and went all in with this business because we knew what we could do with it. Um, we had never, and like most of the people, uh, had never navigated a pandemic. And so this was all brand new, um, made 300 bucks and shut our doors. So, um, that led to a series of three heart attacks. Um, I, uh, I survived obviously all three of them, thank God. Um, but before that, we started to understand how much of an impact we had actually had on our members because we would go to the gym every day, uh, just to work. Cause I had to do something. I had to keep moving or I was just going to sit here and, you know, waller in my own self pity. And that's just not who I am as a person. Um, so I work, that's it's the only thing I'm really good at is just work. And so when things got really bad, um, I decided to rip the ceiling out of one of my gyms because I like the exposed beams better. So I went and started ripping the ceiling out. Um, you know, so keeping myself busy, but going there every day, I would find notes shoved under my front doors of my, of my, uh, my facilities. And they were notes with money in them. Holy cow. Because one of the other things that we did, because it's honestly the right thing to do, um, is we stopped billing people. We took zero money, nothing, not a dollar when we closed because I couldn't with good conscience take somebody's membership dues and not provide them the service they paid for. And, you know, we had talked to a couple of people and they're like, well, you know, what if you just add it onto the back or do this or do that? And uh, my wife and I made the decision that it was not going to happen. We're going to shut it down. We can't do that. That's wrong. So we stopped billing, and as soon as people realized they weren't getting billed, they were putting their money under the doors with little notes that said, you know, please take my money. Please bill me. I want you to be here when this is over. Um, it, it, was, it was at that moment that we really did realize how big of an impact we were making. And so then I not only had the stress of figuring out how do I make this money back that we're losing every month because, you know, of course, the landlords don't care. They want their money no matter what. So, you know, and same way with, you know, electric companies and all that, you know, I still had to pay for these things. And, you know, my businesses, well, both locations together cost me $80,000 a month. So that's what it cost me to operate my facilities. Um, we paid all of our people while we were closed. Um, we paid all of our bills while we were closed. And we did not end up paying the rent for two months. But I did negotiate with them to ask them if I could just up my rent for the rest of the year 
to pay it. And we did finally make our last over rent payment uh, this past December. Um, so, uh, but those notes, it was, it was truly just uplifting to have that many people support us. But at the same time, now I had even more stress because I'm like, okay, now I have to figure out how to keep this thing going because these people really need this. Um, we have a lot of veterans in our facility. Um, we have a lot of, um, not a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, uh, uh, several members that uh, suffer PTSD, they're combat vets. This is their mental, almost more than it is their physical. Those are the people that I focused on the most. You know, those are the people that, you know, I knew I had to be there to serve because those people had served for me and with me when I was in the military. And so I needed to be there for them. And again, that added even more stress. And around May is when I had my first heart attack. Um, I ended up in the hospital for a couple of days on that. So, and then uh, I had another one in November. Um, 2021, uh, where they found a blockage and stented me. And then I had another one in December, uh, almost at exactly 30 days later. Wow. Yeah. Holy 2020 God. and 2021 were, were kind of rough years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to be looking at 2022, like, you know, I, I think that I might've taken out, you know, wh whatever the world can throw at me. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, that that's, that's powerful, man. I, I would, when you're talking about those notes under the door, yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking like, you know, I, and I'm gonna just put this out there on the air. I, I think that it probably would have brought me to tears at least once or twice seeing stuff like that because we all More talk often. about community and yeah. you know the COVID and it's it hasn't even been about the money for so many people. It's just no. you know like we we all think we've built a community and and thankfully most of us have. But when you see people that show you their value any way, your value any way they can, it may be financially, it may be notes of support, whatever it is, you're like, shit, I'm like, all right, now I, now I remember why I cashed my chips in and yep. why I'm here. And, yep. you know, that perspective, you know, life punches you in the face with perspective sometimes. And, and that's one of the good ways for sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, I mean, I kept all those letters. Like, I still have them, every one of them. Um, they're a reminder to me of why I do what I do. And one of our, one of our driving principles is, um, uh, Proverbs 27, 17, uh, iron sharpens iron. Um, obviously that's not the whole verse, but, uh, so much. So, um, I know nobody else can see this, but I have a tattooed on my forearm. Um, it's painted on our wall in one of our gyms. Uh, it's, it is literally why we do what we do. Because my goal with this gym and literally everything I do in life is I want to help as many people as I possibly can achieve whatever goal they're looking for in their life. You know, it's, that's what I'm here for. It's not about the money. As long as these things can pay their bills, I could care less. You know, it, it's more about how many people can, can I impact and how many people can I help? Dude, you, I mean, you're, you're definitely, uh, you're striking every chord and nerve that you possibly could with me because I think, um, you know, I'm all for, you know, investment bankers and, and, you know, big, you know, chain gyms. And, and I even think there's room in the, in the space for planet fitness, like 
to me, yeah, absolutely. More, more people get helped. That's great. I think our biggest competition is is the couch, right? Yep. More, than, more than anything. But yep. you know, when you Garbage find food. that your guiding principle is help as many people as you can, impact as many people as you can. Really cool benefit in our business is money tends to follow it. So you get to like pay your bills and yeah. you know, eat and, and <laughs> yeah. have a place to live. So oh, yeah, all those luxury items. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I talk to gym owners all the time. I mean, one of the guys on our team is, was literally a guy that slept in his gym because yep. you know he had to choose what he was going to do. And he's like, this, this is my calling. This is what I'm going to do. And and thankfully, he's not sleeping in the gym anymore. I think he just yeah. lives there, but he, he doesn't sleep there. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure you know the, the competitive I, bodybuilder life. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel his pain. If, if he's not <laughs> working out, he's eating or walking yep. through doorways sideways. Yep, that's it. So that's awesome, man. Kudos to you. I think that, you know, there's that driving principle, you know, above and beyond paying bills, not going bankrupt and all that stuff. I think is is what pushed so many gym owners to figure out a way to just make it work through the pandemic, through closures, through restrictions, and uh, you know I think I think the industry is going to come back bigger and, and better than ever. So I'm glad you're at the forefront of that for sure. Thank you. You are welcome. So let's turn back the clock a little bit. Just give us a little bit of background on you. You know, to the degree that, that you want to go into it. You know, what was you know before you got the opportunity to buy the gyms? Were you working in the training industry? Were you in anything fitness related? You know, where were you before that opportunity came up and, and what made you actually, you know, take the leap and say, all right, this, this has got my name on it or our name on it with your wife and you and, yeah. and make that happen. So it's kind of funny because I didn't actually uh, come from that industry. So I, I have a, a, a few degrees, um, marketing finance, uh, and I was going to actually, I, I wanted to be in business. I wanted to be in, you know, I wanted to run my own thing. And so I would always work in places where I could make more money based on the harder I worked or the better I got at something. So um, I started out in construction years ago, uh, right out of the Navy. And, uh, and then I got, you know, uh, was doing some concrete work, uh, did some electrical work, and then I got into sales. And so I spent um, a little bit of time in sales when I was younger, and I didn't like it. Um, so I thought, okay, you know, this this really isn't for me, I don't think. Um, and so then I got into welding and metalwork. Uh, my dad uh, is a uh, retired um, welding supply sales rep. Uh, that's what he did his his entire career, and. Um, so I didn't like the sales aspect of it, but I liked the metal work. And so I got into kind of working on production lines, which wasn't really what I wanted to do. And then I, and then I got into kind of designing my own gym equipment. I was going to, I was going to build a line of gym equipment. This was my, my grand idea. And uh, at the time I'd been, I'd been working out since I was in the Navy. So, you know, actually I started working out when I was 16, like, you know, just about every gym rat on the planet does. Um, so, and I got into competitive bodybuilding when I was in my twenties, I would go into gyms and, you know, the equipment wasn't, I don't know. I always thought I could do it better, you know? And, and I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs come from and even gym owners too. You know, it's like, well, this is a great gym, but man, I could do this better. 
you know, or if they just did this, this, and this, how much greater would this place be, you know? And so, you know, I, I, I stayed in welding and then I started to read, and we were talking about it earlier, um, Ted Kennedy's books and, you know, the, the No BS sales strategy series. And so I started to learn that sales is a process. I mean, you still have to have the right kind of attitude for it, but, you know, it was still a process. Now, I still love working out, still training, still competing, still doing my thing. But I decided that, you know, being a welder, yeah, this is really hot, dirty, nasty work. <laughs> so I decided to take a different path. And that's when I got back into sales in welding supply. So when I bought this, um, when I bought the gyms, I was actually working for the second largest welding supply manufacturer and gas manufacturer in the world. Um, I had a great corporate job. I had a six figure income. I was doing phenomenally well. Um, you know, life was actually going really well. And for most people, they would look at that and go, yep, I'm here. I've arrived. This is it. Um, I'm an idiot. And I went, you know what, I'm going to throw this away and buy a couple gyms because that's the best idea I could come up with at the time. Um, it, it, it has turned out to be uh, one of the best decisions I ever made. But I'm not I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie and tell you I haven't had many, many, many nights where I question what in the hell did I do? And, you know, probably for about two years worth of that time, you know, it hasn't really started to hit its stride until about the last, I'm going to say six months, maybe. And, you know, I'm still dealing with some of the other issues and, and, and whatnot. So, but, you know, the gyms themselves are, are starting to pick back up and, and I think people are really starting to understand how important their health is. You know, it's not just about owning a gym or, you know, going to the gym or whatever. You know, I know a lot of people uh, have gym memberships and they never use them. And, you know, I, I know one particular gym's business model is based on that. You know, it's, you know, we want to sell a hundred, you know, we want to sell a hundred memberships, but only about 20 of those people are ever going to show back up here again, but we need, you know, the other 80 to pay for it because we got a lot of bills to pay. So, you know, we don't do that. I'd say about 90 to 95% of our memberships show up because if they don't, we send them a reminder. You know, we don't want people not to come in because that doesn't help you. You know, having the gym membership it is not, that's not the hard part. That's the easiest part of the whole process. Hard part is showing up and doing the work. You know, and so when, when all of this started, you know, I was never a personal trainer. Um, I studied um, biomechanics, kinesiology. Um, I studied um, basic and advanced nutrition. I have no certifications in any of that um, because I don't honestly think it matters. Um, what I think really matters is your experience and you know what you're able to communicate to your clients. Um, it's actually very easy and I get a lot of flack for this, but I tell clients this all the time. It's actually very easy to lose weight. It really is. Eat less than you burn. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, you're not wrong. No, but, you know, I didn't need a nutrition degree to figure that out, you know. And so where I think people get caught up in the weeds and, and, and all that and where I think I actually had a bit of an advantage because I didn't really come from this industry other than, like I said earlier, a gym rat. 
Um, you know, I was just an avid gym goer. I was a bodybuilder. You know, I just kind of went in. I was the guy that had their headphones on and their ball cap down and did the work and went home. You know, um, I never, a lot of people see it as a social club. A lot of people see it as, you know, their, their Friday night bar. You know, I never did that. You know, I, I just, I went in, I did the work, I went home and then I studied, you know, what I did, you know, and now tomorrow, how do I get better? You know, what, what can I do tomorrow to make myself better than I was today? And so I always had a different mentality, I think, than, than a lot of people. Um, and I think that's what has made me successful up to this point is I use bodybuilding as, you know, a, a parallel to just life. You know, you have to be able to show up every day and see absolutely no change from one day to the next, but from one month to the next or one year to the next, you'll see minor changes. But you have to know going into it 10 years from now, this is when I'm going to see the, the, the major results. This is when I'm going to notice the biggest change. And the same thing applies to this business or really any business for that matter. You know, you have to know that you're going to grind every day. And you're going to go to work every day. And you're going to work with your clients every day. And you're going to, you know, you're going to do lead generation every day. And you're going to do all of these things every single day because 10 years from now, this is when you're going to see the rewards from your work. You're not going to, you're not going to get rich tomorrow. You know, you're not going to get rich next year. You have to consistently do the work. And consistency is the one thing that, you know, especially with the health and fitness industry, it is literally the only thing that makes you successful. You cannot be, you cannot be successful and be inconsistent. Did I say that right? You, did I say that right? Yeah. You can be successful and inconsistent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't cheat the game. You, you can't. Can. You can't. And so from, from, you know, my background coming from, you know, um, general labor to, you know, trades to, you know, professional sales. I mean, I, nobody saw this coming. I promise you. Cause when I, when I told my dad what I was doing, he, he lost his, you know what, because <laughs> I was going to give up this great job and I was going to go do this thing. And, and he told me, he said, you know, I know you like going to the gym, but you've never owned a gym. Said, True. I haven't, but I know business and it's, it's not that much different. You know, it's a service business. I've been in that, you know? So a lot of the principles that, that, that I, using the and and that I kind of brought with me are outside of the you know the gym bro mentality you know because a lot of these guys get into this and they're like you know oh well you know I've been working out for 20 years I'm a personal trainer I'm gonna start my own gym people come to me every day and tell me that like I'm gonna start my own gym I was like cool do it you're never gonna make it because you have no idea the amount of work that it actually takes to make this thing work. You know, it's not something that you can just set up and let it run and, and it pays for itself. It takes a ton of work. It sure does. And, and hopefully we get some of those people listening to the podcast and hearing it and going, Oh shit, I better be prepared for this. So um, we got about 10 minutes left and I want to hit a couple of topics. I'm going to throw this out there now and, it, and it's going to be up to you. You don't have to, you don't have to give me an answer. 
I feel like we definitely are going to need to do a part two of this, but for what we can get today, something that really stood out to me, and I want to get your take on it, um, is you were talking about how you always wanted to be in a position where if you worked harder, you could get more, you could get ahead, you can make more money, right? You had this entrepreneurial sense in the jobs you were working at for other people. And then you also had this transition in sales and how you approached it. So for you now as an owner, I'm interested in what your, your take is from the other way. When you look at employees that you may have or may have in the future, are you going to try to instill that in them or find people who are looking for the opportunity where if they work harder, they can get more in, in passing along what your evolution was as a salesperson and how you became to embrace it and see that if you help more people, that's sales too, and you can have a living on it. What's your, what's your opinion on that and how are you executing it or planning to? So, Yes, we are executing it currently. Um, we do have a commission structure in, uh, in place, which I know, you know, commission is a, is a dirty word. You shouldn't say that. Um, but, you know, it's, that's the reality. You know, if, if we don't financially incentivize um, folks to, you know, work harder to make more, um, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get a lower level employee. Um, but a lot of sales techniques, uh, they're, they're life techniques, you know, because if you really understand the process of sales, then you understand that it's not about pushing something down somebody's throat. It's about finding out where their pain is and then creating a solution to solve that problem or, or end that pain. It's, it's problem solving. That's it. You know, again, it, it's, it's, it's a process. So, when we train salespeople or, or we begin to train a salesperson, the one thing that we are looking for is the right personality, because I'm sorry, but it's just not for everybody. You can't teach positive outgoing personality. You can't not possible. <laughs> so, you know, with, with finding the right people, that's a challenge, especially in today's world. And I'm sure, you know, anybody out there knows you know, prior to 2020, we had all these, you know, people looking for jobs and now we're 2022 and I don't know where they all went, but they seem to have evaporated. You know, I don't know how some of these people are paying their bills or if they're paying their bills, I have no idea, but, you know, finding good quality people that, you know, want to do the job can be challenging. And so, you know, we offer, you know, we offer a, uh, a pretty good incentive program uh, here in our market um, to, to help kind of offset that, you know, that, that loss, but we still have, you know, challenges finding the right people. Um, so we've been, we have been fortunate, um, up to recent to where we have maintained a full staff. Um, but even that is starting to dwindle a little bit now. So we're going through a, a period of restructuring and, you know, uh, a retraining. So it's, it's kind of nice for me because I get an opportunity to, you know, instill some, some new techniques on some people that, you know, maybe haven't done that before and kind of help them uh, advance in, in their careers. Even if they don't stay with us, that's fine. I want to be able to help them be better than they were yesterday. 
that just that, you know, better than yesterday sounds cliched, but it's really all you can do, right? You can look at yourself at the end of the day and say, did I make choices today that put me in a position to be who I want to be, to be where I want to be? And can I repeat it again tomorrow? Yep. 100%. Really comes down to just that. Like we have to, we got to eyeball that guy in the mirror every day. So, all right. Last question that we're going to have time for today. And I want to, I want to get into, you got some big things in the works for 2023. How much of that can you share with us and, um, and tell us, you know, your ideas behind it, what you got cooking, what the, uh, the concept is and, uh, and why you're excited about it. What's, what's going on for Iron Society in a, in the next year, year and a half. So the one thing I can talk about um, is Iron Society is opening up a new hybrid location um, in Auburn, Indiana, uh, with a partnership with the Auburn Sports Group. Auburn Sports Group is a youth um, sports facility where they're going to have basketball, baseball, soccer, football, uh, and a lot of other, you know, volleyball, all the youth sports. Um, it's there is nothing like that in this part of our state. The closest one is in Indianapolis, and none of them have an actual training center attached. So what we did was we partnered with them to develop and design this 30,000 square foot um, athletic training center. And, um, well, there's actually four parts to it. So it's an athletic training center. Um, it's a functional fitness uh, studio style gym. Um, it is a traditional weight equipment stocked gym and it's also a one-on-one -on -one and group training facility classroom gym so we're going to take all four of these concepts that currently are not usually joined together and we're going to cram them into one roof but it's a really big roof so uh we're also gearing up to make sure we have plenty of room uh we're going to add 10,000 square feet off the back of the building um and we're going to design it um uh a very good family member, uh, or I'm sorry, a, a, a close family member uh, of mine, uh, Philip Pace owns, uh, he's the CEO of Conseco Group in Nashville, Tennessee. He is a commercial contractor construction company. Uh, they build buildings like this every day and, you know, uh, they're very, very good at what they do. So we're working with him and his company to design this thing and it's going to have 10,000 square feet of additional uh, add-on space if we feel like we need it in the future, if we grow that much. Um, and then we also have uh, working with, again, Auburn Sports Group to be able to possibly purchase more land down the road as well. So this thing is going to house literally anything and everything you could imagine from, you know, if you just want to come in and just do your own thing, do your workout, we're going to have, you know, functional training like you would find um, in, you know, in, in traditional functional fitness gyms, we're going to have, um, uh, classrooms where you can get one-on-one -on -one instruction, you can get group instruction. Uh, we're going to have, you know, um, probably roughly half a million dollars worth of brand new state-of-the-art equipment um, in the big box gym area. And then our classroom area is going to be geared for anybody from, you know, the, the, the senior level that just wants to come in and do maybe a Zumba class to, you know, um, you know, all the way up to, you know, some of the newfangled classes uh, that they have out there now. I'm actually not up on the classes. That's the part my wife handles. Um, <laughs> I, I, I spend most of my time working with the equipment and, and, and designing the building, so. 
big things going on here. And I feel yeah. like it's more of a, a when than an if on that expansion, but just, you know, more proof that, you know, eyes towards the future and being repaired is, is going to help you. Um, yeah. We have time for maybe one more brief question here. I want to sneak in as much as I can and be respectful of your time. Uh, just for your, you know, past few years in the industry as an owner, and then your many years prior to that as a consumer, do you feel like there's anything um, that you could go back in time and tell yourself, whether it was when you were about to pull the trigger and buy the gyms, or maybe the first time you ever maybe had an idea that you were going to own a gym that you feel like uh, you wish you could go back and tell yourself or you that you wish you knew sooner about the business? Yes. Care more about people. Worry, worry less about the day-to-day -day stuff, care more about the people. Because when you're first getting into it, you worry about paying your rent, paying your light bill, you know, where are they going to come from? You know, how are you going to get customers? Um, all this kind of stuff. And ultimately, you're going to get them if you care about people, if you genuinely care. Because the fastest piece of marketing that cost me nothing was people came in and liked what we did. And they told people about it, you know, even in today's world. And, and, and honestly, I, I would argue that it's probably more important in today's world that you give it everything you got. And the more you do that, the faster it's going to spread. Because right now we've got cell phones, we've got technology that you can tell a hundred people, you can tell a thousand people in a second that you don't like something can also do the same thing if you do like something. So if you concentrate on the customer, because this is what we do. When we bought this, we knew that our circle of friends wanted a certain type of gym. And so that's what we built. Come to find out, a lot of people liked it. And that was great. And so as we started getting more people, we started asking them, what do you want? What do you like? What don't you like? What can we do better? How can we serve you better? And oddly enough, they told me. And so all I did was follow it. Literally, it's not a secret. It's not like some secret formula. It's, I, I genuinely care about what people think when they come in my buildings. You know, I genuinely care that people have a great workout. You know, if, if you didn't, <laughs> I, I train very, very few people, but occasionally I do take on a client where I'll do one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm, I, I train to physically exhaust myself. Like if I don't limp out of the gym on leg day, it's not been a good leg day, you know? And so when I, when I, when I interview for a new client, I ask him, I'm like, you know, so do you push yourself hard? Cause everybody says they do. I was like, okay, well, leg day's on Thursday and bring a bucket, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, but they love that because they've never had somebody do that. Now, obviously, you know, I do it with, you know, compassion and caring, but I'm not going to let you tell me that you can't do another one because I know you can. I'm watching you, you know, genuinely care about people. And it becomes infectious. Dude, that's a, that's a high note that we can end this thing on. I'm not going to be able to top it. The only thing that I can say is, <laughs> 
Check out ironsocietygym.com. Lonnie, anywhere else that you want people to, to look you up, find you, see what you're doing out there, is the website the best place? Uh, website, we also have um, uh, our, our, uh, our Facebook page, which is, you know, again, Iron Society Gym, uh, you know, on our Facebook. Um, we, we have, I don't, I'm really, honestly, I'm embarrassed to say this. I don't do a lot of that stuff. I'm, I spend most of my time like with people. Um, so we actually have a marketing manager, Pete Pikarski, that does all of that. Um, but yeah, they're all linked together uh, on the website. So you can get to all of those things from, from there. Um, I am, I am going to do better at the social, <laughs> the social stuff. <laughs> so, but yeah, but yeah, uh, the best place to go is our website and then uh, also our Facebook page, ISG. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for your time. Been a pleasure having you on. Thanks, Dominic. I really appreciate it. Take You're care. Welcome. You're welcome, sir. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. Who knows? If we're lucky, we might get Lonnie back on for part two. To everyone out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.